Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. And I'm Valerie Comer. And today we're talking about pets in romance, and Lori Larson has joined us this week again. Thank you, Lori, for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. So what is it about pets in romance that made you want to join us? Well, I'm a huge pet lover myself. We've always had pets growing up and as my family was growing up, I mean, we've had dogs, cats, horses, guinea pigs, hamsters, turtles, frogs, <laughs> you name it. So um, we've just always had had dogs around. And right now our dog is Weezer, who was a rescue. We got her when she was a year old, two years ago. She just had her third birthday. And she went from being a stray on the streets of Georgetown to now being like the princess of the house, <laughs> sleeping in a king size bed and all that. And I even gave her a column in my monthly author newsletter. Oh. She has a column called Weezer's Corner. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I, you know, obviously tell a story from Weezer's viewpoint <laughs> in my newsletter. So, and I have had uh, several books that I've written uh, char pet characters in. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. All right. So we have Valerie's cat joining us. But um, very temporarily, I think she's about ready to leave. <laughs> she's, she's at it. Narelle's cat already wandered off. And my dog, I have a schnauzer who usually sleeps right here, and I was going to grab him, but he's wandered off. So all the pets have wandered off, but that's okay. Narelle okay. <laughs> thinks her cat may come back, so we'll see. <laughs> um, so Lori said that she often puts pets into her books. I know I often uh, will put a pet into my book. I love to do that when I can make it make sense. What about you guys, Narelle and Valerie? Are you big on pets? I do love pets in books, but it depends on whether the, the pet turns up, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know quite know how to explain it. It's not something I would plan, but it's definitely something if it works, I will embrace it and love it. Yeah. That sounds good. Uh, I find that I do have to plan it or else it probably doesn't happen. And I tend not to put pets in most of the time unless I can see that there's going to be a plot point that revolves around the pet. So I, I would say that most of mine probably don't even have animals in them, even though I have lived in a pet-free house very little of my time on Earth. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Are there any animals as pets that you wish you could see as a pet in a romance novel? I don't know if that came out right. What What would you like to see beyond dogs and cats? Um, if If there is anything as a romance novel pet, Lori, do you have anything? Well, you know, I, I, I am kind of partial to dogs and horses just because those are my two favorite animals and I've had dogs and horses, you know, before. Um, but actually a book that I read that I'm going to share later, it was kind of fun to include farmyard animals as pets sure. because then you can kind of get into some funny, you know, unusual type of scenarios. <laughs> yep. Narelle, anything you've been hoping to see? Um, 
Not really. I mean, I do like birds in books. I think particularly birds that talk, that can have quite a lot of humour that can go with that. Um, but otherwise, I think I've had, I like it. I actually, I quite like native animals so that are in their natural setting. So I've included Australian magpies in one of my books before. So that's something that sort of works with the setting and makes sense for the story um, rather than they just have a dog and they pat the dog and that's nice. So probably what Val was saying, yes, <laughs> is that if you're going to have a pet in the story, I, it, it needs to have some kind of meaning just to give it that extra uh, that, that extra sort of mm, feeling, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, the warm, fuzzy feeling of having mm -hmm. the um, animals in the story. Okay. Valerie? Um, I think one of the things that I find is, is sometimes it's, there's a hard line to find between a pet that is just something there for you to cuddle and pat on the head or, uh, working animals on a, on a farm or even a ranch, like are dogs on a ranch, are they pets or are they working animals, you know, and same with maybe even sheep or alpacas um they're they have a purpose for being there that's not just something to hug and snuggle and yet and yet they may very well be that as well and chickens i mean you know, there's it's kind of hard to know and then there's service animals so um i found it hard some in some ways to just like say okay well this is just a pet just a pet versus this pet also has other purposes for for okay. being so yeah i okay kind of my brain kind of went sideways when i saw that question <laughs> not for the first time alpacas aren't cute and cuddly they spit on you alpacas are horrible <laughs> i follow like six different alpaca accounts on instagram seriously because they're just so fantastically adorable with their cute little fuzzy faces and their big ears they're they're amazing Narelle's <laughs> just staring at you <laughs> it's like saying koalas are cute and cuddly but they're very well known for um yes for wetting the person holding them I mean that's what koalas are known for so <laughs> maybe on the city. <laughs> cute from a distance Keep from a distance, yes. outstanding. Okay, all right. I know some people that that description also. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that out loud, but um, it happens. So, all right. So, um, I'm all in on any kind of pet, uh, minus reptiles. Like, if I were to encounter a hero, I mean, or heroine, because there are weird girls out there who like snakes too but um with with a snake pet i'd be done with the book like i'd be yeah. done i yeah. have serious yeah serious i'm completely with you ptsd yeah. that i just am not getting into so no. yeah, yeah. I, had a blue tongue no. lizard. I had a pet blue tongue lizard okay i used to call him bluey i used to get so sad because the babies would get eaten by the, the cats that were we had cats that were around the place but i could pat his head which was probably slightly crazy but i was a kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I loved my blue tongue lizard he'd sit on the rock and he'd sun himself he was such a sweet little thing a lizard and is not a snake yeah right. I did say yeah. reptile but I could do lizards I just but not snakes snakes are no right snakes now. no no way pets have to have legs 
three out of four bloggers on this podcast <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> are agreed that yeah. snakes are out. Snakes are out. Well, my son. At someone's in danger is basically yeah. my idea of a snake in a romance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was once a um, Disney movie, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was about the, the head character was a turtle named Vern. And it was all about when animals start eating junk food instead of the food that was native to them. Do you remember that movie? Sort of vaguely. Yeah. Well, my son, Jeff, wanted to get a turtle named Vern. So we ended up buying this turtle. I mean, he started out about this big. And by the time we moved him on to his next uh, accepting home, yeah. he was like this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So he, he was cute, but it was, it's just, it's a long-term commitment to take on a turtle. Yes. You have 200 years, right? Oh, gosh. Isn't, isn't I think that that's, their average life expectancy? I think that's just tortoises. I don't think like oh, turtles, yeah. but tortoises, yes, but yeah. not, yeah. You, you I don't put them in your will. Yeah. Oh, wow. But parrots, I think parrots can live to be a hundred or so, so you do have to plan for like some of your talking birds life after you mm. as well wow all right so let's talk pets in books um what are some ccr books that you've read with pets um and we'll we'll be as flexible with that definition of the word pet as you need it to be so um Good. so yeah there's there's flex here um and make sure that you mention the pet in your topic though. Okay. Don't just, don't just talk about the book. You mention the pet too. <laughs> so we'll go one at a time and Laurie, we'll go with you first. What's your first one? Okay. Well, I kind of hinted around about this one. This is called, the book is called Scent of Cedar by Shanna Hatfield. And it's from her series called The Friendly Beasts of Faraday. So it's kind of cute. It's a, this book, this book was a, a Christmas-based story. And it all started in the prologue with the farm animals who were going to take part in the Christmas live nativity scene at the church. Okay. Well, they can all talk to each other. And so their goal is to, of course, you know, have put on a good show for the church, but also they have the goal of finding love for their four men, you know, human men in the town that are really nice guys, but can't seem to find the right woman. So um, book one uh, was about Lolly. Lolly is a llama. <laughs> and she was part of the nativity, you know, scene uh, at the church. And so her human is a man named Rhett. He kind of inherited her when he bought the ranch or the farm or the, you know, the house with, with the lands, the property. And uh, she came with it. And so he's kind of gotten used to her. She's not real easy to get along with. She's kind of demanding as a, as a pet or a, you know, resident animal. But she's got this goal in mind that she's got to find a woman for him. Well, then lo and behold, um, what's her name? Um, Cedar scent of cedar cedar is the heroine uh she moves in next door and she's escaping a bad relationship and a bad you know set of decisions and she just wants to start all over so she's a little bit on the high 
energy, like kind of, uh, she's not real relaxed, let's say she's kind of a type A personality. And when this uh, llama comes and like looks in her window or walks up onto her porch or, you know, scares her to death, she just starts freaking out. And she started calling the, uh, somehow she has a phone number of the neighbor who owns Lolly, but he's, he's a hardworking guy. And he's just like, oh boy, you know, I don't have, I don't have time to return her calls. So eventually they meet each other and they get attracted to each other, but he kind of keeps this deep, dark secret that he owns Lolly <laughs> and that she's, you know, not real happy with Lolly. Well, Lolly, so they start dating and they're getting along great. You know, I think they're both kind of falling for each other. And then all of a sudden, Lolly decides to push it really one step further. She goes over to um, Cedar's house and she collapses. So she requires Rhett to come over and come face to face with the fact that (laughs) he owns her, you know, that he is her human which then, of course, makes Cedar upset. And, you know, you've been lying to me all along. How can I trust you about anything if you're not even coming clean about Lolly? So anyway, it was a perfectly adorable book. It was very unusual. Um, You know, every once in a while, the animals would get together to talk about the progress. (laughs) That sounds fun. I haven't heard of a a matchmaking by the pets book. Exactly. And especially a llama. (laughs) That's adorable. Or even a goldfish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Valerie, what's yours? Um, the first one that came to my mind was by Tanya Evenson, and it's called To Gain a Valentine, which doesn't really tell you anything about the fact that it's a very animal-centric book. Um, the guy, Patrick, is a pediatrician who is gone taking some leave and is staying at his sister's house while his sister and her family are away on vacation and he's there to look after the pets. Of which there is um, a lab, some lizards, a goldfish and a parakeet whose feathers he finds next to the, uh, the golden lab. Oops. So, yeah, <laughs> a lot of, that's in your, in your first chapter there. And Amabel, the um, heroine owns a, a pet supply store. So she's, and she's a friend of Patrick's sister. So she knows the animals and what they need. And here's the kind of dog food you need and, you know, whatever all. And she tries to help him find a new parakeet that will, you know, be okay for the kids when they come home because of all the trauma. <laughs> so this is a, a, a couple who had once, so it's kind of a second chance romance as well, because they had known each other before, but then he'd gone off to become a doctor. Anyways, I I really enjoyed it. And that was definitely a case where there would have been no story if there had been no animals. So it wasn't just a little tack on, oh, and the dog strolled through in three scenes. Um, But the animals were very central to to the whole tale. So it was a fun one. Nice. Nice. Uh Narelle, what you got? Well, before I forget, I think we should do um, do a story chats episode on vets as heroes and heroines. Because I think that'd be fun. Then we can enjoy um, a lot of animals. On what? Veterinarians. Oh. Vet, all right, sorry. Veterinarians. Oh, vets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Be oh, only because vets, 
vets could be also military. So oh, let's, okay. let's, oh, let's yes. specify which vets we're going with. <laughs> That's why you all looked at me strangely. Oh, here we go. The Aussie strikes again. Right, so I've got myself completely distracted. So I have... How many? I hope we can. I hope we can talk about a few and have time. So the first one um, is that I'm going to talk about is Terry Farris's um, "Until I Met You," which is the second book in the Restoring Heritage series. And this isn't a spoiler; it kind of sits to the side. But with um, the main the main romance is Libby and Austin's romance, and Libby um, moves to Heritage. Her brother was the hero in the first book, and is just getting has just got married, etc. And um, she has, she brings her dog with her and she's um, had a few things in her life that have been quite difficult and she's quite attached to her dog. And so her next, the next door neighbour of um, her brother's house is a hero and that's Austin. And he has ended up from a previous relationship, acquired this pedigree female dog. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of what breed it was. It was one of the exotic breeds. And he's short of money for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, he's the one that's doing the construction of restoring the town square and that. And so he thinks, oh, well, she's on heat. So now's the time that I'll get a breeder and then the puppies will help to fix some of my financial problems. So except for the fact that um, Libby's dog escapes the yard and he's a very um, frisky boy and off he goes and the dogs meet and no more ideas of breeding can happen after that so I think that's a really sort of fun element in the story to bring in sort of that aspect fun and for you really not fun, fun for the hero poor no. guy oh, <laughs> I know but it was it was quite hilarious the way it was written I really enjoyed it it, it was, was a fabulous meet cute it was yes. it was a really clever meet cute for sure yeah yeah, so that's well, that's topic. another topic we could do sometime. We yeah. could just come up with some of our favorite meat cutes. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, carry on. <laughs> yeah. So that's my that's my first one. I'm Excellent. not talking for long about books because I've got a few I want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> All right. I chose Iris by Sharon. Is it Srock? S R O C K. I think I think so. I'm assuming like phonics tells me it's Srock, but I don't know how she says it. So um, I don't know. Uh, Iris is a veterinarian, so she would work for another yeah, work. Uh, episode, apparently. And um, so we see all kinds of dogs uh, as she's in treating animals and cats, and we hear about her veterinary practice. But she has a pet guinea pig, which I thought was kind of fun. And it's actually the guinea pig gets more than just a passing notice. And honestly, I thought it was kind of funny for a veterinarian to have a guinea pig. I had a guinea pig growing up. And I sort of consider them like the world's stupidest pet. So don't hate me if you're a guinea pig fan. Okay. I'm sorry. I did not enjoy owning a guinea pig um, for the short time that I owned a guinea pig before it died. Um, it was not a long lived pet. And that was very traumatic. That's okay. <laughs> I guess. It was like a six year old. I'm like, wait a minute. What? What just happened? Um, but she also like it was funny because she the vet um iris would talk to her guinea pig and the guinea pig would make would talk back you know in guinea pig noise not not like Lori's book um but <laughs> she got it like so perfectly sharon got it so she 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 said that the guinea pig would go week week and i'm like that is exactly like she spelled it out so that it sounded exactly like the noise my guinea pig would make all night long while i was trying to sleep <laughs> yes, it was, it was really, it was really fun. So, um, 
Lori, what's your second one? My second one is called Saving Sarah by Melissa Storm. Okay. And uh, Sarah is a nurse in a, I'll say a nursing home or an old, you know, old folks home. And Lucky is her golden retriever. And Sarah is extremely shy, the human. Um, and Lucky kind of helps her deal with her anxiety dealing with others. And then also the older folks in the, in the home love, you know, having the interaction with the dog. So she's, she kind of plays a dual role, you know, helping Sarah and, and those that she works with. Um, and then there is Finch who is the hero. He is a dot-com millionaire who created some like really great app. And he was in all the magazines as being, you know, the most successful dot-com guy under 30. But then he made a bad mistake and he thought he was doing a good thing by selling this dot-com app that hit it big, but it actually turned out to be not a good thing. And he's now, you know, several years later, almost broke. So he's kind of the laughing stock of the dot-com world. And what they have in common is um, this woman who is a uh, patient of Sarah's. She's very difficult personality. She's very, you know, not so nice um, to the staff and, you know, everybody around. She's just kind of a grumpy old lady. Um, But Sarah, of course, is trying to be the one to break through and she's just so kind-hearted and and all she she's always you know trying to uh make this woman you know feel better and stuff well turns out that finch is her i'll say a great nephew or something um but they had they didn't know each other they weren't acquainted with each other so she calls him in and tells him that she is his great aunt and that she you know it has an inheritance that she wants to give to him, but she's not going to do that until he solves a family mystery that has been hidden all these years. And basically what it was is in the background, like back in a couple generations ago, I guess what it would have been Finch's grandmother. She uh, was baby snatched from the hospital because this rich couple couldn't have their own children. And so they were in the hospital somehow and basically kidnapped the baby and raised her as her own. And so now she's not really part of the family, you know? So what this great aunt now is asking Finch to do is to go and solve the mystery of who is that person really, who are her family and who should really be notified that, you know, because she's gone now too, the great grandmother. So, or the grandmother. So, anyway, it's kind of twisted uh, storyline. Now there's this mystery to solve, and um, he doesn't want to do it. And he's like, "Oh, you know, this doesn't really apply to me." Well, Sarah, of course, being so helpful, and okay, let's do this together. You know, um, so they go off and they uh, try to solve the mystery. And Lucky is along society you know all along the way so in this particular story unlike lolly who was basically the matchmaker that (laughs) took put the two together lucky um i wouldn't say she played a a real strong part in the plot she didn't you know have a part of the plot herself but um she 
was just the support group for the heroine and always had her along. So, but it was good. It was an interesting, I hadn't really read a romance novel with that kind of twist of the, of the kidnapped baby. Big twist. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big twist. <laughs> Speaking of twists. Twist oh. away. Twist. <laughs> Speaking of twists, don't stop now, Valerie. Go. Go for it. <laughs> Speaking of twists. Oh, okay. I thought you were leading in like you no. had another really twisted book. I, mean, I could, but. <laughs> All right, what's your second book, Valerie? Um, this is one I read a couple years ago, so it's not super fresh in my mind, but it's by Kristen Etheridge. It's called Shelter from the Storm. And um, in this is part of her Port Providence series in which um, there's a hurricane that comes through. So if we ever want to do an episode on natural disasters, oh, yeah, um, but she has a bunch of novellas and short novels that uh, take place during this particular storm. And this one features Becca, who is the director of the animal shelter, and then um, the guy is Ross and he's a veterinarian and through the animal shelter and, and stuff going on in there, she, uh, they had both been planning on leaving the island for the hurricane, but because of the animals, they both wind up staying. So th this is a, you know, forced proximity kind of thing, but uh, because of the animals, so again, a, a story where the, where the pets um, play a very yeah. vital role in, in keeping things together. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Narelle, what you got? What's next? Okay. So my second one is A Handful of Hope by Elizabeth Madry. So I've talked about this one before in a previous episode, so I won't go into too much about the story. Um, but Jen suffers from clinical depression. So she has a real battle with depression and Trivel, who is her dog, is just amazing. Like um, she, he just bring Tribble just brings so much joy to her and is sort of her safe place when she can cocoon herself at home. And I, I really like that aspect of the story of how pets are good for your emotional health as well. Mm -hmm. So that's probably one of the reasons that I chose that book. It's a great story and um, Tribble plays a meaningful role in the story rather than just being the pet that your passion sits in the corner. So I like it when the pets um, do something in the story and really add to the characters' lives and that's how I've always felt about my pets that um, I always cry when they pass and it's always very sad because I get so attached to them yep. yeah even when it's the mag the magpies if you see one of the babies that has been hit by a car or something that will cause, cause me to cry as well so uh -huh. yes we do love our pets and get attached to them so I'll always look for the romances that have that element in it yeah so my second one is uh, Somewhere Along the Way by Kimberly Ray Jordan. It's in her New Hope Falls series. And um, it's one of, it's like either the most recent one or the one before. Um, so I think we're on book eight or nine at this point, seven or eight. Anyway, it's recent. Um, Emma Clark has a farm uh, with goats, but the goats, she does also have dogs, but the goats, in addition to providing uh, her livelihood, she's making goat milk soaps and lotions and that sort of thing. Um, but they're very still clearly beloved and, um, and, and pets. And then she ends up with some baby goats and um, the baby goat videos become a uh, sort of running joke slash draw between the hero and heroine as uh, through the course of the story as well, which is kind of fun. Um, 
you know, teasing about needing a baby goat video and that sort of thing. The, the, and then he will still, when they're in the middle of their black moment, you know, he's like sad that he's not going to be able to see the goats. Um, so the goats are sort of some of the glue that holds them together when it's, when it's hard. <laughs> I've about that story, but yeah, that was, that was pretty fun. Yeah. When you started out, I'm like, Kimberly Ray Jordan, what has she got? That's got pets in it. Like significant. And I might, I was coming <laughs> blank until you're like the goats. I'm like, of course. Goats. Goats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Um, yeah. if we go fast, we can do a third one. But you have to go fast. Fast. Okay. All right, Laurie, fast. <laughs> okay. Mountain Getaway by Heather Pine. So we have a very stressed out um, coffee shop owner who needs a vacation. She goes and takes a solo camping trip in the mountains in a campground. And she keeps running into this stray dog who keeps coming and finding her and, you know, uh, making friends with her. And she's annoyed because who would let their dog wander around and not take care of this dog? Well, the dog happens to belong to Mr. You know, Dreamy McBoat you know, in the, of the town. His name is Rick, and he's a rebel from a rich family who left the life in the big city to come and live in the mountains. And so this dog is what unites them. So. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with that one. So. No, neither. Cool. All right, Valerie. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with one of mine. Okay. Dandelions for dinner. Um, this is part of my original Farm Fresh Romance series. And there is a little boy who has suffered a lot of abuse and who is now living with his aunt, who is the heroine of the story. And he's very withdrawn. He says, says almost nothing. He's four or five years old at the beginning of the story. And he just, he, says nothing like he's just cringing away from everybody but one of the farm kittens is his favorite thing ever and it's this kitten that helps to to draw him out and that was really fun to write but I think I think it's symbolic too of how pets can do that for us and be a real comfort like you were saying um, Narelle about Beth's book where you've got somebody who's really traumatized for whatever reason and yet an animal can kind of get through where where people really can't yeah all right narelle narelle's gonna do six really fast thank you val for talking about your book because it was on my list and i will i've I've cut it down to two so the first one i'll do very quickly is cherish me by autumn MacArthur in chapel Mm -hmm. cove which i've talked about before and Nays yeah, is looking after Aunt Ivy's bookstore cafe. And there are two dogs, a cat and a parrot. And I thought it was just hilarious. So I think I liked how the pets in that story really added a lot of humour, a lot of fun to the story. That's the first one. And the second one, which I'm planning to reread soon since we're heading towards Christmas, is Poles Apart by Marion Newcomen. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my favourite Marion oh, books. And yeah. Yes. So um, where we're in Lapland with um, Nicholas and um, Sarah and Nicholas has these golden retriever dogs that were just adorable. I think that was my very favorite Marion book. Yeah, I I think so too. And it has reindeer 
Yeah, and it has reindeer in it as well. So um, to remember Marion, I'm going to, I occasionally will reread her books, but that's the one I'm planning to reread at Christmas because I just love that story. Yeah, fantastic story. Yeah. yeah. All right. So my last one, super fast, is um, sort of cheating. <laughs> uh, Lee Tobin McLean has a series called The Off Season. And it's uh, just clean, not Christian. Although Lee, I feel like weaves grace notes in throughout even her her not officially Christian stories. Um, there, it's there. The faith is there if you look for it. Um, and the whole premise of the series is um, these uh, wounded heroes of some sort, police officers, whatever, who go to a cabin in the off season in this little beach town. And they almost all have some sort of service dog, a uh, police dog or whatever, who goes with them. Plus there are pets in the town as well. And the pets are always part of the plot. Um, in, in the first book, the lady who is running the, the cabin uh, has a really ill-mannered golden doodle who uh just is causing havoc around town as she's trying to train this dog to not be a menace um and <laughs> it brings her and the hero together uh initially because he's really annoyed at how ill-trained her dog is <laughs> but um but anyway uh, the pets are are definitely major characters in that whole se series in addition to the people um i feel like so all right, final pet thoughts. Go hug your pet. Go hug your pet, absolutely. <laughs> we should talk about more books of pets because my list was too long. Yeah, we, we could do a second episode probably. All right, Lori, thank you for joining us. Do you have anything coming soon or that just came out or where can we find you? All your, all your <laughs> All right, great. I do have a, a novella coming out. It's a Christmas novella that I'm releasing next month. It's book two in my Big Apple Blessings series, which is um, three stories about uh, people who are making their dreams come true in New York City. Uh, the first book was about a billionaire Wall Street tycoon. Second one's the one that's coming out is about a Rockettes dancer. And then uh, in February, it'll be a theater manager who goes in front of the audience as a Broadway actress. So nice. um, that'll be exciting. And then uh, where you can find me, my website is authorlaurielarson.com. And of the social medias, I'm most active on Facebook. So All right. Facebook page. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us and thank you everyone for joining us on Story Chats. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. Tell us what we missed, uh, what your favorite pet is, where you stand on the whole reptiles as pet things and you know, whatever you want to talk about, we'd love to chat with you. Uh, you can leave a comment on the YouTube or on the Facebook page for Story Chats. You can find information about the podcast at inspiromance.com slash story chats. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode and we'll see you next week. Meanwhile, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>